Lennon on his final drive went five of six, 59 yards and a touchdown to Safarian Jenkins. Starts this one off to Safarian Jenkins, who loses the football, recovered, back the other way to the end zone. Touchdown bar, the Vikings win it. Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. Free Agency Day, the official start of the 2019 NFL year. The day where we see familiar faces in new places, new digs with pen and paper in hand, and smiles as some of the best athletes in the NFL get paid. Of course, it's just a formality now. Most big deals have already been negotiated and made, but nothing is final until 3 p.m. Central on Wednesday, as our man Anthony Barr proved. Oh man, Anthony Barr. Mike Zimmer's first draft pick, thought to be going to the Jets on a five-year deal for $75 million, but A.B. just couldn't sleep right. Just didn't feel good leaving Minnesota, the first team to take a chance on that young man, playing next to his college roommate for the mastermind Mike Zimmer. The defensive scheme, that locker room culture, our linebacker with the green dot on his helmet, captain's badge on his chest couldn't leave them for greener pastures. Couldn't say goodbye to that shiny TCO performance center. So instead, Bash Brother Barr comes back. Takes less money, still a lot of money, $68 million to keep Barr in purple until he's 31 years old. I just didn't think it was possible. Paying Kirk Cousins, Eric Kendricks, Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, and Anthony Barr, all of them. Keeping that core together is magnificent, and they're all here to grab the baton from guys like Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin, and Kyle Rudolph. Really didn't think it was possible, y'all. I thought this was the year that Minnesota let up on the defensive side and went all out for offensive upgrades. But the line of thinking is clear. Read the tea leaves. All the way through the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine, we saw our Purple meeting with multiple offensive line prospects, both at tackle and guard. It's clear to me, the scouts, the front office fell in love with these guys. Not just one, but several. Andre Dillard, Cody Ford, Dalton Reisner, Garrett Bradbury. And confidence in the rookie offensive line class set the entire free agent strategy. They weren't gonna chase coveted veterans on the open market like most fans wanted them to do. They weren't gonna overpay average starters or guys with injury history. Mike Zimmer said, look here, Rick, if you like these rookie linemen, if you're going to draft offense, then give me my original G back. If Sheldon Richardson is too expensive, I want my guys. So that's what they did. Anthony Barr. Can he live up to this big new contract? That's a question for another day, because he isn't the only Viking returning. He joins five other Vikings. Anthony Harris, C.J. Ham, Matt Weil, Rashad Hill, and Shamar Stephan.
let's talk about Ant Harris a bit. Anthony Harris, who's that dude, was a free agent again. Last year, the Virginia graduate signed his one-year $705,000 contract as a restricted free agent. Now, after a splendid 2018, he could have hit the market. Most desperately hoped he wouldn't. The 27-year-old started the year on special teams, playing behind Andrew Sandejo and Georgia Loca on defense. By week 9, Harris walked into the starting role and locked that thing down. All the flashes he showed in his first three years came together, and he didn't miss another defensive snap for the rest of 2018. Ant-Man finished as the number 3 safety on Pro Football Focus. Stellar year, he ranked 3rd in tackling efficiency and led all safeties with a passer rating allowed of 24. In 324 coverage snaps, he allowed just 13 receptions for 52 yards. It was capped by the stud performance, a wasted performance in Chicago where Harris picked off Trubisky twice and deflected a third ball. So the Vikings could have another great safety on their hands. They couldn't let this man out of the building. That second round tender was a must. $3 million for Anthony Harris in 2019. Shamar Steven now, the real surprise. The first reported true free agent for Minnesota was him. He returns after one year in Seattle for his fifth season in Minnesota on a three-year $12.5 million deal. Substantial money, maybe even starter money, but when a role player like him signs this early, that means they want him back. He wanted to come back. Mike Zimmer wants his guys. Steven comes from the seventh round, same draft year as Barr. I always admired his play despite his poor PFF grades, ranked number 98 by PFF in 2018. He'll pair with Jaleel Johnson on the defensive interior, back with his former Rushman, who praised his technical prowess and fit within the defensive scheme. Love this move. My favorite move so far, honestly. Minnie goes young instead of signing the 36-year-old Tom Johnson. They get a known quantity, a role player. That's all they need. They don't need studs at every defensive line spot. There's nothing wrong with Steven between Hunter, Griffin, and Linval Joseph. Other slight surprise, Rashad Hill for $2 million. This is much more interesting. The Vikings look to be running it back on the offensive line. That's not good given how bad the line played in 2018. Hill could be the swing tackle behind Brian O'Neill and Riley Reef. It's clear many considers him to be a solid tackle. They chose to keep it in-house rather than test the market for a cheaper backup. The good part about the Hill signing, it gives a little flexibility at a dire need. Our Vikes can target either guard, center, or tackle in the draft, knowing they already have three tackles on the roster. Reef can move inside. Even Pat Elfline can move to guard. Just get the best lineman possible. Worry about where to play him later. Finally, the pedestrian moves. New special teams coordinator Marwan Malouf decides to keep punter Matt Wallow around for $645,000. CJ Ham returns for the same amount in his fullback slash running back role. Solid depth for Minnesota, but still some big needs remain. like what are the Vikings gonna do about kicker does Dan Bailey return 
Will it be at a discount? Because right now they need everything at a discount. Most cheap positions can be filled in the draft, but they're not drafting the kicker again. Hell no, y'all know this. So we need to watch how aggressive Rick Spielman wants to get at another need. Kicker obviously has hurt many so much it can't be ignored. And neither can offensive line. Hello, what's the plan here? Sure, Minnesota declined to pay up for the best offensive lineman on the market. Matt Paradis, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, even Billy Turner got paid. Each of those athletes, except for Morse, had some big question marks. Turner just hasn't been good enough to stick at a position. Saffold is 32 years old. Paradis coming off a broken fibula. So reason for caution with those guys, but still, what's the plan? Can you really pass on Paradis because of injury and then trust Nick Easton who had a neck injury knock him out for 2018? Are Quentin Spain or John Miller better fits just because they're cheaper than Billy Turner? And even so, what happened to looking for scheme fits over other factors? Can they really get two good offensive linemen from the draft? Doesn't that seem like a dream? It's crazy, absolutely nuts that our Vikes still have so many questions at offensive line, with the only answer being Rashad Hill. They don't know who their starting left or right guard are, but they have a swing tackle. Okay, we need more answers. How about backup quarterback? Those can be expensive, so do our Vikes just not get one? Just hand Kyle Sloter the backup quarterback role? Is that smart, or are they just doing it to be cheap? Is Marcus Sherrill's coming back? Aldrich Robinson? More and more questions. And all these questions remain because the Vikings are out of money. No cap space remaining after signing Anthony Barr right now. So we have to find ways to create those funds. Here's my least favorite part of the offseason. The part where we start to trade, restructure, or cut purple players to make room for the fixes the Vikings need in 2019. It started with goodbyes to Mike Remmers and Andrew Sandejo. I think we've covered both enough to keep this pretty short. Remmers with his mediocre, underwhelming play. Sandejo just watching Anthony Harris take full advantage of the opportunity during Dejo's injury. We'll pour one out for Dejo. Honestly, it's sad to watch him go. Remmers, we hesitate a bit, but the dude played 1,600 snaps in two years for our favorite football team. So I guess we'll pour one out for him too. That's just over $10 million saved. Next up, Trey Waynes. During the NFL Combine, news broke out that the Vikings are shopping their breakout cornerback, Mr. Waynes himself. Now that news wasn't entirely shocking. In fact, our good man Ed Brozzi proposed this internally to the CTP team months ago, and the Climbing the Pocket team yelled at him profusely for it. But the idea has merit. The Vikings are deep at cornerback. They have a history of developing them under Mike Zimmer. There is a lot of cornerback needy teams out there. Not many free agent options. Not many top tier cornerback options in the draft. Waynes is due $9 million in 2019 after Arvike smartly picked up his fifth year option. 
Trey had a long development period, but he's put together two strong years in a row now. He's a good cornerback no matter how you slice it. One of the best CB2s in a league where you need four of them. A top 10 run defender at the position according to Pro Football Focus. The fact that he's played so well, that he only has one year on his contract left, make him very valuable on the trade market. But I'm just not for this, y'all. We invested so much in this guy. He's just starting to shine, and I don't think Trey has shown us his full potential. He's just starting to enter his relatively late prime at the age of 26. Many has something really good on their hands in Wayne's. Those factors are what gives Wayne such great trade value. Minnesota can demand a strong price for him, dictate the trade talks, and not sell for a discount. If they can get a really good offer for him, a first round pick or a top 15 guard, sure, great. If not and the trade partner walks away, no skin off our backs. We'll just keep our great defensive back for another year at the least. They can shop him without feeling any pressure to make a trade, and that's great. Why trade a second-round pick when you can get a year of solid cornerback play and a third-round pick? At worst, really, they could just extend the guy and lower his 2019 cap hit. That's the plan here, an extension for Trey Waynes for two to three years that lowers his cap hit by four to five million in 2019. Now for our first formal restructure, we move to the offensive side of the ball and look at Kyle Rudolph's contract. Consistent, dependable Kyle Rudolph, who doesn't excite anybody but shows up every week as an above-average NFL tight end. Rudy's at the end of his second NFL contract, a backloaded deal that gives him $7.6 million next year, eighth most among tight ends. That's admittedly a bit too high for Kyle. With the reports that they're willing to restructure, we're looking at Rudy and his agent to take a $4 million salary cut. There is no guaranteed money left on his deal, so it's take a cut or be cut. That reduces his salary ranking from 8th to 18th and allows Minnesota to find a new tight end, similar to the Brian Robison restructures a few years back. Many fans are eager to cut Kyle Rudolph outright, Look, I'm just trying to keep a valuable part of the Vikings offense and increase the number of overall weapons. There's no potential replacement for Rudolph on the roster, and you cannot expect a rookie to replace his production. There's mental block here with Rudy, so let me put it this way. That rookie tight end you have a draft crush on? If you're really so excited for him, what's the best situation for that prospect? Is it better to throw him in the fire or put him in a one-two punch situation? Put that rookie next to a successful veteran tight end where the pressure isn't all on him. Who had a more successful rookie year? Mike Jacecki all alone in Miami or Dallas Goddard behind Zach Ertz? You put Hunter Henry next to Antonio Gates. You put OJ Howard next to Cameron Bray. You put Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews next to Max Williams. That's what brings the best out of these young tight ends, while the rookies trying to do it solo, like Jaseki, David Njoku, Gerald Everett, they all fail in year one. Nine tight ends drafted in the first round over the last decade. 
two of them match Kyle Rudolph's production. 55 tight ends drafted on day one and day two. 11 of them match Rudy's production in their first year. The idea your badass rookie tight end is going to walk in here and dominate all by himself, it's a complete dream, nothing more. We don't need to take a leap of faith on rookies when we can put them in situations that promise success. Either way with Rudolph, we're saving $4 million here. Finally is Everson Griffin. The Vikings are reported to have a contract rework in his hands right now. I desperately hope he takes it. I've got the four-year contract staying in place for Everson with an average salary of $9 million and a year one cap hit at 5.5. Some want Griffin gone, think he's over the hill and won't recover from his issues in 2018. They cannot cut Everson Griffin. Let's get things straight. If Griff is back mentally, there's no reason to doubt him physically. Yes, Everson is 31 but past rushers age gracefully. Think about Cameron Wake, Demarcus Ware, Calais Campbell. There is a long list of edge defenders who are producing in their 30s. Griffin has at least three great seasons left. I say that because don't forget how Griffin's career began. Behind Jared Allen and Brian Robison for four years before starting in 2014. I think that slow development, limited snaps, wear and tear will be valuable for Griff as he ages. Fresher legs and gas left in the tank. Also, this offseason, as I've always said, is about swagger. Griffin is that attitude, the emotional leadership, passion personified that we need to see all over the defense, all over the entire team in 2019. An inspiring player with that hair on fire style, the water boy. We remember the pick six against the Rams blowout in 2012. Everson dropped into zone coverage, picked off Sam Bradford, and took it to the house. Griffin gave us the winning score, the last of 17 points in four minutes to continue Minnesota's playoff run. We remember 10 sacks in eight games to start 2017. Everson showed his blend of speed, strength, his full repertoire of pass rush moves to take down quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, the strongest player in Zimmer's defense during that stretch. We remember Thanksgiving in Detroit when the sack daddy had three quarterback hits, a tackle for loss, two sacks, a forced fumble, a turkey dinner, and a baby boy all in the same day. We remember the spin move against New Orleans, Everson combining his technical strength and instincts to spin, throw that hand up in the air, and deflect that Drew Brees pass into Anthony Barr's hands. Keep the first half shutout in an epic playoff game. Everson Griffin is talent, skill, heart, and soul for a team that desperately needs it. He needs to stay in purple. And we need to enjoy this offseason. Tons of moves from around the league. I'll be commenting the Climbing the Pocket team is all over the Twitterverse. Make sure you're giving us a follow to get our thoughts. And I hope you do the same. Share your thoughts as we watch our favorite team build a contender. Till next time, y'all. Skull Vikes.